episode 181 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV series, anime, comic book, audio drama, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we discuss it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined by my co-captain, Kyle Springer. Hello, how's it going? Good, it's Halloween! It is Halloween! Happy Halloween! Uh, And if you guys are listening to this later on in the week, we hope you had a great Halloween and got lots of candy. Good stuff. I uh, I spent the 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 night last night with my roommates playing some games and That's drinking fun. and stuff like that. I was on crossplay, so I didn't get to go out with them, but they went bar hopping and and stuff like that. So it was a good time. We had fun, all that good stuff. Do you have pl- plans for today, or are you just gonna stay oh. at home watching TV? <laughs> i do have candy i'm gonna make hot dog mummies today my favorite treat uh michael watch a movie with jack we'll see yeah cool that sounds good that sounds fun indeed Melissa, what are we talking about this week we are rounding out the spooky month of october with not one but two spooky movies i pitched you horror movies and their remakes That's something we've never Mm -hmm. done before. We've done like an adaptation of a source material, but never like a formal remake, you know, just like a movie based on a comic or something like that. So I wanted to pitch pairs of movies and we watched the 1977 original and 2018 remake of Suspiria. Yeah, I had heard of this movie for a while, I think. Especially in, in the like modern remake, the like graphic design of that title is just so different from everything else. Yeah. That it was it was just like, oh, like that that caught my eye, that caught my attention. I didn't know anything about this film, but the reason why I picked it, which I mentioned last week, mm. is that I've 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 heard a couple people put this in like, uh, hey, this would be a good double feature with Black Swan, which yeah. I, I, at the time I didn't know if they were right in saying that I it, haven't seen Black Swan and I hadn't seen this yet un- 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 <laughs> until now. So I was like, huh, OK, uh, but. Black Swan has also been on my list of things that one day I should probably get around to because one of my favorite movies is Perfect Blue by Satoshi Khan, which we covered here on the review show. I don't remember what number off the top of my head way back in the day. Two years ago. Yeah. And supposedly Black Swan is heavily inspired by that and borrows some some of the same scenes and and things along that nature uh so in in odd way i picked yeah. this because i was interested in like well hmm maybe somehow this relates to perfect blue in some way i don't know <laughs> how or why or if it does <laughs> but let's go with that one <laughs> that's an interesting avenue to take like you want to watch a movie that's inspired by your favorite movie but you know that it's also inspired by this other movie and you're like let's watch both of those <laughs> let's <laughs> yeah. get them all 
everything <laughs> in the evolutionary chain leading to Black yeah. Swan. Absolutely. Which I've also not seen. And now I will also have to. Yeah. Seems it seems to fit the people that I've I've heard be like, yeah, this would be a good double feature. I'm now like 50% of the way being like, yeah, you're probably yeah. right. <laughs> You've completed the single feature. Exactly. <laughs> I first heard about the original Suspiria from this book called Pad, the Guide to Ultra Living. It's a very. Oh, you've mentioned this before. I mentioned this just like two weeks ago when we were talking about Beetlejuice. It's a yeah. book about just sort of eccentric, eclectic interior design. And throughout the book, it has these little side panels where it talks about movies you should watch with like really great set design. And Suspiria was one of those. It yeah. says, endure the repetitive musical score performed by the goblins and scenes yep. like a seeing eye dog chewing open and eating a man's throat or a girl smashing an unruly vampire bat with an upturned bar stool. And you'll be treated <laughs> to some wall treatments that approach the that approach the surreal. This is a horror film, but the greatest source of dismay comes from it being an American movie shot in Rome that takes place in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> so that's I think that's is, what I knew about Suspiria. I, I think most of the actors also spoke. Well, I, I can't tell. It seems like they were speaking English the way their lips were moving, but it seems like it was dubbed over like it. Yes. I was. I, I went to the IMDb trivia page because I wanted to confirm this. The original 1977 Suspiria was shot without sound, like knowing that they were going to dub over everything later. Because wow. like the book says, it's set in Germany. It was filmed in Italy. They've got like a combined cast and they knew like they weren't going to be able to get all these performers that all spoke the same language. And then they wanted to release it in English in America anyway. So like everybody just just say the words in your language, uh, English, you know, if you know it, uh, and we'll just dub it all later. <laughs> wow. The movie. OK, definitely uh, kind of an, a surreal feeling. Yes. Yeah. When you're pretty There's sure this... everything is dubbed, but you're not sure and you're not you don't know why. There's just this feeling that something is off because you you, yeah. you can see like I, like i can read your lips like i I, kn I know you're saying what the dub is saying but it just doesn't fit exactly and it's yeah. just it's weird um which is interesting because that's kind of how the whole movie feels in general um for both of them that like something is off and i just i yeah. don't know what it is yet i i i i think that's kind of one of the prevailing themes of the movie just there's something not right here you know yeah um, the or, the original suspiria is the most unnatural movie i've ever seen i don't think a single thing happens that i watched and was like yeah i've seen a person do that like i guess i also brush my hair like Susie Banyan does, but I don't. There's there's nothing else that really feels relatable or tangible about it. It's very, very odd, very dreamlike. And the 2018 yeah. remake, uh, it's also very strange, but in a very different way. And I was excited 
that this is the example we got to talk about. Such a drastically, uh, a remake that kind of sticks to the basic plot framework. Same characters are there. They have the same names. More like a reimagining. It's, it's yeah, but it's the same story, totally... same basic plot, but is mm. also very much its own thing. It's very different. Yeah, tonally, stylistically, very different. It adds an extra hour onto the movie. Uh, it's now like two and a half hours instead of ninety minutes long. Mm-hmm. And the original, I think, is just sort of it is ambiguously set in nineteen seventy seven. I guess because that's when it came out. The whole thing feels so odd. You don't feel like there's really anything to stick you in actual Earth time. But the remake is very specifically set in Berlin 1977 and adds in all of this historical and political context into the narrative. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, so that that first, the, the original, uh, let's see, it, it was... Also shot in like 1976, premiered Mm. in 1977, Uh, but this was directed by Dario Argento. Uh, Mm. He also wrote the screenplay along with Daria Nicolodi, I believe is how you pronounce that that name there. Um, But apparently this is the first in a trilogy by Mm. Argento that focuses on like these three witches, these three mothers. Uh, So that is interesting. That is something I did not know. But it's a trilogy that spans into like more modern day times because the second one, which is entitled Inferno, is from uh, 1980. And then the final one, Mother of Tears, is from 2007. So... Mm -hmm interesting but it yeah i'm not that long. i i hadn't heard of those other two movies and i don't know if they're like narratively connected or just thematically connected but it is cool to, to hear about <laughs> that this yeah. filmmaker kept working for that long and kept working in at least the same central idea yeah it it, it seems especially with the way this original version went probably more thematically connected mm. than plot wise because this the the first one almost like almost didn't have a plot <laughs> right <laughs> just like you 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 take out like one scene or you put one more scene in and there's just there's you you can't make sense of of the of right. this thing so yeah this the i i think the like cult nature of this original film is really just the the fact that like it is more an experience than it is like oh okay you can follow this narrative it's just be here feel these emotions look at this lighting these sets like all of that 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 stuff with the back drop of witches so yeah and and you're not even clear that witches is what's happening until like two thirds of the way through the movie, except for that Susie keeps hearing a voice say, witch. And it's not like she hears somebody from within the building shouting it. It's just sort of ethereally in the air. Somebody says witch and and then something magic happens. 
See, I I read that. At, all right, we're start we're starting to get into into some bigger discussion here. But for that first one, I thought that was a part of the the like the score. Like, I, it's, it like, might it's be, a part yeah. Of this the, the 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 score there. So it, yeah, it's inter interesting stuff. Um, yeah, if 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 you're not so much into more artsy films, maybe the original might not be something you want to check out. But it is so pretty. It's so mm -hmm. it, like I like of the two. I think visually the first one looked better. Um, that that's just my take. They they both look fantastic, but. It, yeah, I I liked all of the like colored lights and all yeah. of that. Just like that stuff was gorgeous. Um, yeah, the original the is newer is just a more realistic t take on all of that. Yeah, and I and I think all of that was intentional. Like the original movie is so brightly colored; it's filled with red light. The first time Susie walks into the ballet academy. Like the entire lobby of the building has like bright blue crushed velvet wallpaper. It, it's so vivid that I know I, I was reading that it was an intentional choice to kind of strip a lot of the color out of the remake and make it more. They described it as wintry, which I think is true. Wintry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now that we have probably thoroughly confused a bunch of people <laughs> rambling on random aspects of why we liked this. Um, let's do a plot synopsis of these yeah. two films here. The, the basic synopsis for both movies is the same. There's a young girl named Susie Banyan who travels to, she's from America, and she travels to an elite ballet academy in Germany. And when she's there, she... Uh, she can tell that something's sort of off. She goes through times where she feels ill and she doesn't know why. Uh, girls have been disappearing from the academy. Her, her roommate falls under suspicion and she eventually uncovers that there are the uh, teachers at the school and the original founder of the school, who's a sort of mysterious figure where it's like, yeah, I think Mrs. Marcos is still alive somewhere, but we hardly ever see her. She finds out that all those people are witches and are using their students as conduits for witchcraft. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's 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 the basic pl plot and pr pr pretty much all there is to that first movie. <laughs> like, like, yeah. th there's not much more dressing to it than that. Um but yeah, these are, are are both interesting in their own right. Um, mm. but yeah, I think with that, though, we will take a quick break for housekeeping and then we will get into mm. spoilers and start discussing both of these films more in depth. Uh, so we will be right back. We put a lot of hard work into the shows that we make, and yes, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots, and we'd love it if you would check them all out. You can find out more information on our website at thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. 
If you want to support what we do here at The Whatnots, patreon.com slash The Whatnots is the best place to do that. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You can get all kinds of exclusive content at the $3 tier. You can also get a shout out and thank you on all of our shows at the $5 tier. You can support us on Twitch by subscribing to our channel at twitch.tv slash the whatnots. And we would love to have you all join us for our live streams and talk with us in the chat. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a sweatshirt or a mug or something else, go to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. And we are back. Big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters, especially those at the $5 tier. Uh, so thank you to Sam. We love you. We appreciate Thanks, you. It means a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Um, cool things that we have been doing here at the review show. Yesterday, Ignacio and I got to record crossplay by ourselves. Uh, oh! We did not plan it that that way, uh, but it, it just happened to be just me and Ignacio, like the good old days back when when uh, <laughs> well, I, I guess not when we started because we had Mick when we started. But after Mick uh, stepped down, it was me and Ignacio for a while. So good old days. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to hear about us talking about our thoughts on Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy video mm. game, uh, we've been p p p playing that, uh, and it's been real good. Real good. That's good. So, yeah. I'm excited to hear uh, that. Indeed. Uh, let's see. Also, recently on the Reactor Core, uh, we did our reactions to the Lightyear trailer, uh, yeah. which is up on YouTube. So go check that stuff out this coming weekend. Eternals yeah. will be out. Yeah. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, and I'm sure we will do a spoiler cast at some point on that. I know Ignacio is excited about that one as well. Uh, so, yeah. Cool things happening here at the Whatnots on all sorts of stuff. That being said, Melissa, let's get into spoilers. Here we are. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. So I, <laughs> the first thing I want to talk about is the score from this first movie. Um, good. Good place to start. Yeah, I thought so, too. This, I think, was the first thing that caught my attention in the movie because it's an old enough movie where the cr credits are mostly at the start of the film uh -huh. and they 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 do all of all of the, the stuff there and they're like hey the score is by the goblins and that, mm -hmm. like that like that just the goblins was like the first thing that, right. that caught my attention <laughs> i feel like regardless regardless of what the score sounds like to know that it comes from a group called the goblins is enough stage setting as it is amazing yeah so good um I don't know who that band is, if they nah. were successful, if this was just a, a who knows what. But it's this really, really eclectic sound. Like, I, I really don't know how to describe it or it like it. It has this like didgeridoo sounding thing, these pounding drums that are, are just. Uh, yeah, it's it's strange. But then. 
yeah, you're like five minutes into the film when the score finally starts to kick in and it's like do 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 witches. <laughs> it's just like Witch. what, what? <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> at some points the music is really twinkly and magical uh-huh. sounding. It reminded me of that music piece that plays at the very beginning of Disney's Beauty and the Beast, where it's just once upon a time, there was a prince who lived in a castle and an old lady came to his door. It's like it's, it reminds me of that. Do you think is appropriate for the s- sort of fairy tale aesthetic that this movie operates under? I was reading that yeah. one of the main inspirations was Disney's uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Like they wanted it to be that colorful and that sort of whimsical and also unnerving. But there's a scene where interesting combo, hmm? right? Like, let's make yeah. a movie about <laughs> witches and murder and stuff like that. But let's make it Snow White, like colorful, right? Just yeah. all of that stuff. And it's yeah, it's it's an interesting combo. There's a scene at the beginning of the movie that is Susie uh, getting off the plane, walking through the airport. And there's her walking down like a long hallway to get to the, the front doors of the airport to get out there and catch a cab. And it's a sh- cuts between shots of her walking down this hallway with like no music, just like the ambient noise of like footsteps and like distantly you can hear like uh, announcements in the airport. And then every time it cuts back to like the shot of the door as she walks closer to it, the music is playing over that. This like magic twinkly music. It's such an unusually edited scene where it's normal Susie and then magic door like back and forth for a while. At that point, I knew I was in for something special. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't know if like this is going to be some weird thing where she's stuck in the airport. Like it's that Monty Python thing where they're just <laughs> watching yes. the, the, the the people come down the field for like two minutes. Right. Or like because there there is a woman, I believe, in like a red like suit jacket skirt thing i'm not sure what but uh, yeah like i don't like i got the feeling of like oh maybe she thought there was something weird with her i don't know it's just it's an interesting introduction to yeah her and yeah she steps outside of this door and it's pouring rain and she's Uh trying to get a cab and is just soaked she finally gets one the guy won't get out to like help her get her stuff um and and, and she's she's just like throwing it in mad that she's soaked and finally gets in and the guy can't really understand like where she wants to go so she like puts her card up up there and it says not penny's boat which was really strange no um but he finally gets her to the place but like in that last home stretch she's looking out the window and sees this girl like running through the woods and just like yeah like she's running for her life uh and then yeah she gets to the place she's supposed to be but then it switches to this girl in a hotel right and like she's gone to so lost at this yes yeah especially because it's right the beginning of the movie like you haven't memorized anybody's face yet yeah susie is in the cab going through the woods 
to go to this ballet school, which is evidently one building in the woods, <laughs> the Black Forest of yeah. Germany. Yeah, like a girl, when she gets to the door, like a girl like screams and runs out of the door and like runs away in the rain through the woods. And then we do follow that girl. I think her name is Pat. We follow, we follow her for a couple minutes. It seems like she goes to maybe like a friend's house like so, she goes to like it's a friend's apartment somewhere in the city and she's like, can I stay with you for the night? I don't want to stay at that school anymore. Uh, yeah. And then like a monster <laughs> attacks her and her friend through the window. They both yep. die in these they like violent, glorious ways. Yeah. It, but like I, I was so conf- confused because I was like, I don't remember if the the first girl like her, was her hair black or was it brown yeah. is this the same girl? how did she get in the building when she hasn't even like knocked on the front door yet i don't understand like what's yeah is this the same like is this the school is this a hotel are they somewhere i just had no idea what was ha- happening yeah. and, and it took me a bit to be like oh okay that was the first that was the girl she saw leaving as she came in and that was the one that was murdered. And that's why all the cops that were are here at the academy to, like, investigate and and stuff like that. But it, it, it just. This, I think, is one of the better examples of this film, just not really cluing you into what the, the plot is. It, it, no. it, it just it will show you a collection of of things happening. And it just like you have to decipher it, which on one Mm -hmm. hand could be kind of cool, but is also like you have to work to understand it. And I know a lot of people don't really want to do that. Like they just want this story told to to them. So and I, I feel like even if you are putting the work in, the story is still like not really clear. Not yeah. really consistently conveyed to you. Yeah, it's, it's, especially if you then go watch the modern remake yeah. after that, which is very much its own interpretation. Uh, uh-huh. Doesn't even have that first murder, and and like it, it just goes in a completely different direction. So I'm then trying to take what this new film is saying about all of this stuff and like retroactively apply it to like, does that stuff fit in the old movie? Is that like, could could that be what's happening there too? I don't know. But um, it was, it was an interesting back to back feature, but that music was just kind of wild. And it was like that Uh. one song, the entire film. (laughs) Yeah, there's not a lot of score. It is played over and over. Yeah, uh, which just which just I think added to the creepiness or the the atmosphere that just like something is weird here with this thing. Like it's not it's not right because they would like stuff that they would do that ended up coming back later. Right, was when the piano player would walk up in the in the old old one um he was blind and so he had a cane and a seeing eye dog and it showed him like walking up to the building tying up the dog outside walking in and then like he's not a character so it like 
No, it, it really just felt strange when you realized you weren't going to learn anything more about him. Like, why do you keep showing me like this sequence? And then, yeah, like you like you read in your book there, there's that scene where the wit like he gets kicked out of the school, the mm. school and the witches basically get his seeing eye dog to attack him and kill him. Uh, in the middle of like this giant empty like courtyard yeah, area, very eerie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it's just like they they do stuff like that where it's it's like, why do you keep showing me this? Like I don't understand. Like you don't need to show me this stuff. Um, but who knows? It, it's a strange movie. Yeah. And like I said earlier, Susie, then uh, so Susie gets to the school. She like knocks on the door like, hi, it's me, Susie Banyan, your new student. You accept it. And there's like a voice at the other end of this intercom. that's like, nope, never heard of you. Go away. And she can't get in. And she's, I guess, just gets back in the cab and says, take me to the next hotel. And then I'll, I'll call a new cab to get back here in the morning and see if I can get to yeah. talk to somebody who knows <laughs> me. So the next day she does get into the school. And like I said, she goes. It's like all bright blue velvet. You know, you might as well be watching the David Lynch film. That's how blue and how velvet it is. And like there's all these dancers walking around and then she's getting a tour and then she meets the like um, the, the, the Madame Blanc, I think, who's like dressed up super fancy. Like she might be wearing a corsage or something and she's talking to all these investors or whatever. Like just all these odd characters walking around. And then that little berries and cream boy is there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's exactly who he is. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Berries right. and cream. It's... Berries and cream. <laughs> He's dressed like him. He's wearing this like light gray, like velveteen, like pantsuit with like a big, like roughly collar or whatever. He looks like that. Uh, and I'm like, so you just so you have a boy. OK, you have a boy who like hangs out and like helps you carry things. I think they said that his mother is uh, like a, a cook or a cleaner or some sort of position there at the school. Sure, she brings her boy along and he helps out. But why is he dressed like this? Why is he dressed like this right. in the year? Presumably 1976. Yeah, like and the you, camera just that, pans so over and he's just like late 1800s. Right. right. The camera just pans 1900s. over and he's. He's just sitting back there. You just, is this a ghost? Am I, can anyone else see this ghost boy? And then they're like, here, th come on, please help Susie carry your bags or whatever. Yeah. Like it's... there's a lot of just inexplicable, uncommented on details that are included yeah. in this film. Yeah. Another one of my favorites is when they go swimming. And they just yeah. like, almost don't do anything like they they right. go in, go to the middle. I think one of them goes under like for, for, for a sec and then they like swim backwards, but not backstroke, but just like like writing, but like pushing themselves backwards. And that's it. That's all they do. And it's just what? like you, not you have a whole pool to like do whatever <laughs> you want and you just swim to the center and then like 
slowly back yourself out of the pool. <laughs> that was another IMDb trivia fact that the director wanted that scene and the, the presentation of the water to be tranquil. So he's like, girls, try not to move. Don't move that much. Don't splat. It's just, yeah, other, it's such a weird movie. Other odd details. When Susie gets to school, Again, it's not clear. Like, it all happened off screen. We can only presume that she went back in the cab and told the cab driver, take me to a hotel. Then she comes back the next day and, like, she doesn't have all of her stuff. And they're going to put her immediately into ballet practice. So they're like, you have to borrow another girl's shoes for the day. And it's like, well, if she doesn't have her stuff, is, doesn't she have to have, like, paperwork to sign? Why is she dancing immediately? Like, I know that's what you're about, but, like... It's also oddly structured, and she goes into this dressing room, yeah. this like locker room where all the girls are getting dressed for practice, and she she meets up with this girl named Sarah. Like she's going to stay in Sarah's room. She's going to be Sarah's roommate here at this residential school. And this other girl's like, Sarah, Susie. I don't like names that start with S because S is the sound of snakes. And she like yeah. teases the other girl, and then Sarah like sticks her tongue out at her, uh, <laughs> and then that's the end of the scene. And then they go dance. I've I've heard some song. I don't remember what it is, but they sampled that 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 bit ah! of like Good. names that start with S are the names of snakes, and then the the beat starts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like there's weird stuff like that. Like I don't ever think I put together exactly what that lighter was about. Right? I think I think we first see it in that locker room when she accidentally knocks her stuff down. And then they're like butler handyman dude like oddly looks at it and it's just like Yeah. Okay. And then like sets it back down later on in in the film. And then and then I think that's the lighter she's using at the end of the film to like find her way in the darkness yeah. but there's like the it just it's one of those things like it seemed like this was gonna be some kind of MacGuffin right like oh or, or some like Chekhov's gun like oh yes the lighter that's how we stop them or that's how we know that it's her that she's the witch but like it, it was just like no this is just a lighter that I guess the butler uh. just wanted to look at uh <laughs> So I like, it's like just, there's it's not baffling. already enough things to look at in that building. Yeah, there's other thing is more more odd details. She walks. Susie's on her way to class. She walks down the hall and there's berries and cream boy and his mom. And they're just sitting in a doorway. And his mom is like a piece of silverware or a blade or a shard of mirror or something like that. But she like tilts it at Susie so that the light catches it and like it bounces light into Susie's eyes. And she's like, oh, my eyes. And that's when the soundtrack goes, which and like yeah. then Susie goes to class and they're like, OK, dance, Susie. And she's like, I'm really tired. Can I go lay down? And she like passes out. Like what an unusual way to like do a magic at somebody like you just like reflect a light into their eyes. Uh, and now they're yeah. sick. And I like that anytime. Like it's it's like this ethereal extra soundtrack element of it that whenever anything magic happens, somebody just says witch and it's it's almost like they're saying it at Susie, who is not a witch, like almost like it's a warning, like Susie, this is witchcraft stuff. And she's like, I don't know, I got a light in my eyes and now I fall down. Well, you're, you're almost not wrong. 
because yeah. that that I think is one of the major differences of the the modern film is that in the first one Susie is just Susie like yeah. that's it that's her but in the new one she is like I guess the like reincarnation of like one of yeah. these three mother witches yeah. that yeah like that was wild that that was a whole new layer to this film so yeah it is interesting that they are all kind of focusing their magic on her and whenever they do something to her there is this like witch in the back around <laughs> and yeah like 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 you said it's almost like they're pointing a finger and being like, which like she's the one. Um, but they don't ever like explicitly say that or explore that uh, in the original. So, yeah, it is just this like, why does the soundtrack keep saying yeah. which like <laughs> I want other soundtracks. <laughs> I want other soundtracks to do the same thing where repeatedly a voice just shouts the main thread of the movie. <laughs> right it's like it's it's m night Shyamalan's the sixth sense and it's just like ghosts ghost <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's the perfect movie that should do this ghost yeah somebody space, in old just keeps shouting jam. old <laughs> yeah it's for space jam it's just like monsters <laughs> algae rhythm yeah. <laughs> Take this tactic, run with it in other films. I can't believe this is the only one to try that. <laughs> Sith. <laughs> Sith. <laughs> I want to talk about the wild the maggot scene, which is very yeah. effective as as a gross out horror scene. Because at the beginning, when it happens, you don't know what it is. Susie's sitting there at her vanity in her room. She's brushing her beautiful 70s hair. And like she she feels something in her head and she pulls out like this little wriggling maggot. And she notices like there's a couple other maggots like on her, her vanity desk around her. And she looks up and they're like falling from the ceiling in a yeah. way that I don't know is like physically possible. And like is you're wondering, is this something that's only happening to Susie, our protagonist? Is she under a particular enchantment or hallucination? No, she runs out screaming into the hallway and everybody else has done the same thing. Like everybody on that floor, maggots are raining down from the ceiling. And then the, the headmistress goes upstairs into like the attic and finds uh-huh. that they had a, a crate of food that they, that they had been shipped, that they were storing up there. I guess that's their storehouse. You know, your pantry is the farthest possible place away from your kitchen. That's how you design a building. They go to the mm, attic and they find that there's meat. this meat, just a giant box. <laughs> of you know what? How about the attic? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even it's not even clear what it was supposed to be. Maybe it was supposed to be like dry goods, you know, like tin cans and bags of flour or whatever. And they go up there. Yeah. And like, it turns out the food had spoiled. It was full of maggots. And they somehow wormed their way down through the floorboards and were raining on all of these girls all at once. Uh. And then this leads to a scene where they're going to have that floor fumigated. So all the all the students have to, like, camp out on little cots in, like, a, a gymnasium or something. And this is where and like it, like everybody from the school, including the teachers who live there, the, everybody's camped out in the gym. And this is when we get a scene that in addition to some beautiful. 
beautiful lighting of like silhouettes between these like sheets that they have strung up to like separate these different groups. Uh, Susie and her friend hear like this snoring and her friend is like, oh, I think that's um, that's Madame Marcos. I I had a room next to her once when I first started here. This is this founder of the school who's this like mysterious figure. Nobody sees that's her. She must still be alive and she's still living at the school. She must be here. So it sets up important plot things as much as this movie has. But I've been thinking about it after the movie ends. And I'm like, that's odd to have in a movie with real like supernatural plot dealings and like real sort of intrigue going on where these teachers at the school are secretly doing witchcraft nonsense to have a major horror scene based on just like seemingly happenstance because that never comes back again it's not like oh we told you that it was a crate of rotten food but really we made the maggots rain down from the ceiling for this reason no it seems like that's literally all it was yep it's so strange like it just it's one of those things that just adds to a layer of strangeness Um, yeah like the there's Susie's roommate Sarah who's the one that starts kind of figuring out that like hey something is up here something is not right Mm. she basically ends up dying in a room just (laughs) filled with barbed wire it just 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 hundreds and hundreds of feet of barbed wire just like like why you just have a room full of barbed wire yeah, just loose <laughs> coils of razor wire in just like yeah, and, and a room somewhere in your school. You could have, you could have put that. Could have been the pantry. Why don't you put your boxes of meat there? Barbed wire know, goes right? in the attic. Yeah, You're like on t- on top of your fence at least. Yeah, <laughs> but just get no, a just fence. A giant Consider room that. Of, of that. Yeah, um, room of wire. Yeah, just weird things <laughs> like that. That. uh they don't really investigate Patricia's death after that first yeah. scene, really. Um, the the fact that there are these boys at the school, too, yes. but it doesn't seem like at least it will. There's there's like it seemed like there were different sides of like it like it they're co-ed dorms but they're not but they're like boys are on one floor girls are on another yeah. but then there's also the boy who lives like across from Susie like I don't like it just it was strange like I, I don't understand what happened or where they all were like the 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 your like sense of space in that building and like yeah. where everything is is almost non-existent like there's that main mm. foyer but you don't know how any of that leads into the yellow yeah. or the red room or how you get up to the dorms there are these big like spiral steps but yeah like there's just there's almost no sense of space except we get a couple clues that when Sarah is trying to figure all the stuff out, she kind of realizes like I can figure out where they're going by counting their steps. Yeah. Which maybe doesn't necessarily add up. Like you can count. To me, it sounded like she's counting the steps, but then the steps disappear. 
right? They stop. And so she's like, okay, if I can, it's like, it's seven steps that way. If I take seven steps that way, I know to like investigate like right here around there, what's happening. But again, there's not much like you we don't get an exact like okay three paces down the hall then turn right and it's seven paces up like there's none of that and then we get this weird scene where she's trying to wake Susie up to be like hey come help me figure this out Mm. and they hear the footsteps and she's like no they must be going outside and Susie, who is drugged from yeah. drinking her blood wine. I don't it <laughs> looked a lot like the blood that they used, which was bright red. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, like she's she's like half conscious, not really sure what's going on, but then mumbles the fact like, no, the front entrance is on this side of the building they would have to be going in the opposite direction so they're still in the building yeah what it is again, is that's not like okay now i understand like how this all fits like this this sense of space fits together it's just this like nonsense detail that yeah. is just like sure i i guess the front entrance is that way not that it's really important to know the layout of the school yeah, but-, but the fact that you don't like is yeah. also one of those things of like something is off here. Like I, I, yeah, I don't, I feel tr- trapped. Yeah, it is sense. a little frustrating that you can't play along with these twists. Like you, you're not like, oh, Susie, that's right. That is where the door is. You don't know. Like you're surprised yeah. when she says it. I was wrong earlier when I said the teachers live at the school. Like they're just staying at the school with the kids on maggot night as like a um. You know, as an act of support, like, oh, it's 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 rough that you guys had maggots fall in you. And now you have to sleep in the gym. We'll stay with you. I, it is stated early on in the movie that the teachers do not live at the school, actually. Like they go home at night and then I, they just trust that all these like 18 year olds just behave themselves and go to sleep in their rooms and dream of ballet. Um, so that's what that footstep thing is. Sarah's saying, like, I hear these footsteps at night. That I know must be the teachers because we're all already in bed. And I know they said that they go home to their own homes at night. But when I hear their footsteps, I don't it doesn't sound like they're going towards the front door. Sounds like they're going yeah. deeper into the building. And then something like I then I can't hear their footsteps anymore. So that leads us to then this the secret passageway where, where sound doesn't travel out. Yeah. So I kind of want to skip ahead a bit to the end of this original um, thing here, because one of the things that confused me is just how much, uh, I guess, Blanc was her name, right? Madame Blanc in this original, just how much she hated Susie was just like, ah, that that American guy, we we need to get rid of her. And it's just like. She hasn't even done anything like she d- right. doesn't She's... suspect you at all, has not been annoying, like has not c- yeah. c- caused mischief. And they're just sitting there like, oh, shit, we, we need to murder her. Like, blah, 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 blah. And it's yeah, like she's so like sweet and mild mannered. <laughs> you said earlier, Susie's just Susie. Her primary yeah. uh, personality trait is being a Susie. And they also state like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're a school here in Germany. 
But we do have students that come to us, you know, from different parts of Europe and America. Like, it is weird when they say, oh, that American. Like, there are many. She's not the only one at your school. You made a point of dubbing everybody over with an American accent. So that kind of distorts that line you'd written. The the many of them sound like they're from America. We have that character Olga who did yeah. not sa- sound American. Yes, American. yes. There, there they, are people who are from surrounding areas of Europe. Yes. Yeah, they. I think they particularly pair Susie with Sarah because Sarah is the other American, but she has already kind of died. So mm-hmm. it's just like you're you're left to kind of believe that the only other American that we know of right is Susie and she hasn't done anything she she's just a victim of circumstance right right she just gets a light flashed in her eyes and then she gets sleepy and falls down and won't dance ballet so strange yeah uh and then she she ends up finding mother Marcos like in this like Mm -hmm. secret panel uh because she figures out that the girl that ran out of the academy when she was coming in was saying certain stuff about the like here's like i know your secret with the blue azalea or whatever the freak it was the blue Uh, iris yeah she goes into um uh madame blanc's office and it has this beautiful mural on the wall of like flowers and trees uh and (laughs) susie realizes oh, this one like 3D flower that kind of comes out of the wall is a doorknob and I can twist it and I can get to a secret passageway like it's Scooby-Doo. That's what Patricia was saying when she ran out of the building that night when I arrived. The blue iris is the flower. Yeah, Yeah, it's like behind that and down some hallways and stuff is where she ends up discovering Mother Marcos. It discovers that, yeah, she's like invisible and is this like... (laughs) half decaying human like it's unclear of like are are you guys siphoning out the life force of the people that you have murdered to sustain mother marcos's like like what's like going on there there's no explanation explanation but susie murders her and then sets the whole building on fire and leaves yeah And like the the end credits play as the building is burning. (laughs) Yep, that's the end. Like there's no wrap up. It's just Susie lights the building on fire and then like mildly walks out. Yeah, (laughs) there's just like there is no like, okay, kids, what did we learn from this whole experience? Like there's there's nothing like that to just like sit. We don't know if the other students are okay. We don't know if Susie gets home. Or if she just murdered them all. <laughs> Who all right. knows? But um, yeah, I, that one was an interesting one. My favorite thing of that whole bit was just the the colors. The lighting in that looked fantastic, which was maybe my only connection to Perfect Blue because Perfect Blue does a lot of like, hey, when you see this character bathed like in red light, pay pay attention and and stuff like that and and in this i was wondering if there was going to be a similar thing because the lighting often switched of like okay we're in 
Susie's room, she's bathed in red light and then it like the it switches to a different camera. But now the room is in blue light. I don't understand <laughs> that. Like this is just the lighting does not make sense here. So it, it like didn't make sense practically, but the way mm. it made things look was just like, this is cool. Like, yeah, this is gorgeous. Um, But yeah, so that's that's okay. that one. I liked that one. Moving on to the 2018 remake uh, from director Luca Guadagnino. Uh, The first thing I want to talk about is Tilda Swinton's dual role. Were you aware of this? No. That old man, that old psychologist we're following throughout the entire movie. That's Tilda Swinton. Seriously? Yes. This is the I, one what? thing I knew about this movie going into it. That's Tilda Swinton. She's credited under uh, an alias um, that is, let me find it. No fucking way. Yeah. Credited as uh, Lutz. As Lutz Ebers Dorf. For playing Dr. Josef Klemperer. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, I was reading that uh, this is I, a I movie that they up. wanted to be very female focused, more so than the original movie is. Like in the original movie, yep. we've mentioned there are male dancers at that school. Here, there are none. Um, the only man we see for more than like a line or two at a time is the psychologist. And they were thinking like, oh, what if we also have this role played by a woman? What if Tilda Swinton also plays this and we cover her in this like old man makeup? And I had heard that she like got so deep in a character that she insisted on, hey, can I have an anatomically correct set of fake genitals to wear when, I, when I'm dressed as Dr. Klemperer? Like not just some she, ambiguous she padding. Can you make me like, like a very kind of realistic actor. penis? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I was also reading that the name was supposed to be Clue, like Urbendorfer or um, like the name is supposed to translate in German to Swine Town or Swinton. Interesting. And like hardly anybody Holy knew that moly. that was her, like only a handful of people on the crew knew that that was also Tilda Swinton. That's wild. I had no idea. Yeah. I'm looking at pictures, the, the makeup and prosthetics they did. Holy moly, this is wild. It's good. I right, so if I had I'm going to pull up a picture of okay. this stuff so you guys can see it on screen. So th th this is the old man. If you guys are watching the YouTube version of mm. this, you can see pictures of this guy. Here's Tilda Swinton and right next to her is her, but as this <laughs> guy. What the hell? Yeah, that it's it's quite a mind. feat. Yeah, I didn't know if you knew that or not. not so I thought I would save it until this stage. I, I had learned this from wow. somewhere before seeing the movie. Um, and also, I got to say, after seeing her as the ancient one in Doctor Strange and in Endgame and watching so many like Marvel mythology breakdown videos that keep like citing like clips of the ancient one. I've become like so familiarized mm -hmm. with Tilda Swinton's head shape and bone structure. 
after that I'm looking at this old man. I'm like, yeah, I see it. I see her in there. That's a tilde. I don't. I don't at all. This is wild. I, I'm happy we both had different experiences with this. I'm happy that I got to have the fun of like That's spotting. Amazing. Like, like getting to have extra appreciation for this performance and for like man. this makeup job. And you got to just believe this is some old German man you've never heard of. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Which this is witchcraft, Melissa. <laughs> How did they do I'm this? Very, a very, very good makeup job. It's witchcraft. And this oh also set me on edge because I knew she was playing that role. But then I thought, wait, is that the only role she's playing? The only like, is this strictly a dual role? Or are other people in the cast also going to be Tilda Swinton in makeup? Like this is gold member where Mike Myers is playing like five different guys. So I'm looking real closely at everybody. Like there's that one witch with like the big Edna Mode glasses who kills herself at dinner. I'm looking at her like beneath that wig and glasses. Are you also Tilda Swinton? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wild. You just blew my mind. That's happy to have provided you uh, with this Halloween treat. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, (laughs) So he was maybe my favorite part of this new interesting film like i liked because we we get to see his character in the original Mm. but it's for a very brief moment yes um or at at least i believe it's the same character yeah he's supposed Uh, to be that like old man Susie leaves and goes to talk to uh who like tells her about he's the guy who actually delivers the exposition about the witches like two-thirds of the way into the film Exactly. And I liked the inclusion or, or the, 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 the shift in like he is almost your in character. Like he is the one trying yeah. to make sense of all the stuff that is happening instead of Susie, who we know from the original movie, is just kind of there. Right. Mm-hmm. But of course, this one also has an extra twist that she's not just kind of there like this is a, a long time in the making. Like she is the reincarnation mm. of, of, of this whole witch. But um, yeah, just to, to, to have him like, tr- like trying to make sense of it and trying to protect these girls that are catching on and being like, something is not right. I think there's witches at this school and he's just like, <laughs> you're delusional, but I'll help you. Uh, uh-huh. um but yeah, just but like his whole love story then like mixed in yeah. with that and that like moment where he thinks he's back with his wife and it's really just the witch is uh, like, uh, you're, don't tell me that was also tell the story. No, no. <laughs> uh, his wife was played by Jessica Harper, who's the original Susie from the, the first movie. Oh, OK. I didn't pick up on yeah. that either. Yeah. I didn't recognize her because I don't think I've seen her in any movies like since the 80s. Maybe she's been working and I just haven't seen it. Like I just didn't know what she looked like at that yeah. age. I was surprised. And then I had to go back and rewind it. Like, yes, that is her. That is her giant is her. eyes. Interesting. Yeah. But that, yeah, that whole scene was so sad. And, and yeah. then when you f- find out it's fake, it's just this big gut p- 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 punch. And then... Yeah, at the end of the modern one, I don't like it's 
like this is maybe the only detail in there that I don't think makes sense of just like, why is he there at the ritual at the end there? Like he's like, there's almost no reason for him to be there other than like, hey, we're going to kill you so that our like we can keep our our secret. But he doesn't die, right? Like I, I, I he he ends up surviving but he's just there being like i'm innocent i don't know what's going on like i'm just an yeah. old man and and it's yeah. one of those things of like what like why were you including him in this just to see I, this ascension like to have a I witness th- yeah like, I, yeah i think the witches maybe they didn't need a witness and maybe they just wanted to taunt him the, the way we've seen them taunt other men like uh you know the detectives that come to investigate them yeah, and then yeah. I think Susie spares him. She sees the humanity in this man, and at the end she does visit him and say, like, I'm going to remove your memories of this and, like, remove the pain of, of losing your wife. Yeah. Yeah, but he, I, I think he was my favorite bit of, of just, like, that was a neat way to tell this story. Um, yeah. And, yeah, like, right off the bat, instead of Patricia being murdered at this hotel, we see her coming to this psychiatrist um, to talk about all of this stuff. And she ends up yeah. surviving for quite a while. Um, but if I'm, I'm not mistaken, I think she's played by the girl who played Hit Girl in yeah, Kick-Ass. Yeah, Chloe Grace Moretz, yes. Yeah. Yeah, she was like one of the only as like, oh, I've 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 seen her in something <laughs> else. Um, uh, we got to see another familiar face in this movie. I was mentioning when I pitched it last week, like that we're back in Germany again after watching all three seasons of Dark. Uh, we, mm-hmm. We've got an Inez Canewald in this movie. Yeah, we sure do. Um, I, I was happy to get the opportunity to see anybody from Dark again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, like, I, so I, I don't really know where to go next with this film because there's so many things that I think you can dive into. I, well, all right. So, oh, you, you have, <laughs> I, I have a suggestion. I have a suggestion it. that we, ha- at some point we have to talk about, uh, first off, I want to say that I really appreciate that this movie has a lot more ballet in it. The the, the yes. dance element of the first m- movie is very minimal. It's just sort of the reason why Susie is there. She's a dancer. She goes to this dance school. Everybody walks around in like leotards and leg warmers and she goes to like dance practice. But there's the movements they're doing are. I mean, I'm sure there really probably are trained dancers, but it's sort of like what you picture when you picture ballet. It's like standing up on tippy toes and like leaping around. I don't know much about dance. I'm sorry, but it's it's sort of a cursory inclusion in that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the remake is deep on the dance. There's so much dance in it. It's such an important part of this narrative and of these characters yes. lives, which I, I really appreciated. And it's all done so well. I was reading that Dakota Johnson had to do like two years of like intensive dance study before like filming even started. And the scene where she dances and her body is puppeting Olga, I think, is one of the finest horror sequences I've seen in film. 
amazing yeah it was so good like i so i i used to dance that's right yes back in college did not do this style of stuff at all i am not like classically trained or know what first position is or second position all the ballet stuff i have no idea i i think i i learned some con- t- 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 some contemporary choreography here and there where I had to do like a C J J jump, whereas the like the the like ah. that stuff. But like, I, yeah, I I know nothing about this. But like you said, the dance is very important to this film. It's a very expressive artwork where you can mm. channel emotions or other people or stuff like that and that was an interesting way to like it, it it's it's an interesting thing to highlight in this film because i don't think it would be a lot of people's first cho- choices of like how you do these spells stuff like yeah. oh it's it's gonna be a d- d- dance but when you think about it it's almost brilliant that they did d- 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 it that way because if you if you look at like classic witch like drawings or de- depictions is I think the, the mm. word that I'm looking for here. Yeah, you can see a, a bunch of girls dancing naked out in the woods around some fire worshiping Satan yeah. or something like that. Right. Um, and in a weird way, that's almost what you get here with these like super in in interpretive and expressive movements that don't mm. necessarily feel like classical ballet right yeah. like they are they are it this is more interpretive than just strict like nutcracker stuff right <laughs> um, yeah and it's it's phenomenal to just see the 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 look of chaos but it's not actually chaos yeah. in their movements to see the the actual choreography and then to get like to to see uh Tilda Swinton's performance on how strict she is like no the movement is actually yes. this it 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 comes f- from this part of 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 you or this feeling or stuff like that it is perfect for casting sp- sp- spells it's so specific yes. you have to do this movement you have to pull from this space or this thought or that you know this feeling and yeah to then see how like her movements are then puppeting olga is horrifying and it, yeah. it's just like this is this is hard to watch. This is awful. Like I, I don't like this, but I, I, I do. Like that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've, oh, and, I've and never then, seen anything quite yeah. like that. Like I think I've seen like sort of voodoo doll type spells where like the way you move is the way like yeah. your enemy moves and it hurts them. But the fact that she's, it's just like the aggression of how she's dancing. Like she's dancing so hard that it's like pulling this woman's skeleton apart. And, like, they're in different physical spaces. So, like, when Susie does one jump, Olga, like, jumps straight into the wall because there's a wall there where she is. And she's just ramming her body, like, against the walls and against the floor. And I was reading that that actress was a, uh, she was a contortionist and she had, like, hyperflexible joints. 
And that mm-hmm. scene is almost entirely practical. <laughs> which is amazing. Yeah. I I I have seen plenty of people do stuff like that where they're they're all like bending yeah. their arms in ways. I'm just like, oh God, that that should not move like that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and then there's like this weird inclusion of like when they find her body uh, or when the witches go to collect it because they they know all of this is happening, um, it, which I, I felt like they were the ones that kind of, well, I guess they did. It's explicit mm-hmm. that they set it up right where she Taldis went and like touched her hands and like left the yeah. like, spell in her hands and feet there. Um, but yeah, when they go and collect the body they use these like weird looking like meat hook things to like stick in her and pick her her up like it's just weird that they have that um yeah it it just i i don't know like there's there's some incredible horror sequences through dance in this film Mm -hmm. that are fascinating the yeah. dance that they do at the end, like the actual performance, was phenomenal. Um, mm. And yeah, to to have that one girl just completely like shatter her leg, like right before the performance, have the witches feel it, kind of, and to but like have her go back in the dance and just completely lose herself in that dance that it breaks again. And like, God, it's just, it's, it's horrifying. It's awful. Like a broken leg is one of those injuries that if you see it on screen or something, you feel it. And you're just like, yeah, oh, I can feel that in my shin. I don't like that. That is that does not feel pleasant. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it was brilliant to to have this dance stuff be mm. like the way that they cast spells and, and yeah. stuff like that. That was good. Yeah. Like in the in the first movie, you feel like dance could be replaced with a lot of other things It could be just in general. Uh, a, a college or a school of, of painting or anything else and yeah. like the story would mostly operate the same this version is so intrinsically dance focused which i really Absolutely. appreciated i liked how much extra context they added onto everything like we're going to take the dancing element and make it very important we're going to take the fact that it's set in germany in like 1976 77 and make yeah. that very important like i didn't i wasn't aware of anything i couldn't follow the historical context very well but i appreciated that it was there i really like when a movie gives me things that i don't necessarily get in this in this case where it's like here's all this extra historical uh political like context to think about and i was also thinking about all those weird like dreams that Susie is having that's just sort of these flashes like the tape and the ring of like uh weird imagery and like her her relationship with her mom and all that like i didn't get Mm -hmm. most of that but i like that it was there and the movie wasn't afraid to give me things that i wouldn't get unless i did watch the movie like on freeze frame three more times yeah and i i was thinking that somehow the mother that was dying in bed was going to be mother marcos like at the oh, start yeah. 
there and then you kind of figure out that no like that's probably like Susie's mom or her grandma or something and yeah I think one of the bigger twists of this movie is that Susie is not just a victim of circumstance like she was in the first one and I think they ended up making that twist really work because they shifted the focus off of her and included the the psychiatrist of like he's gonna be your character to help you understand it all right um and yeah it i i i keep saying reincarnation i don't know if that's exactly the right word but she is like the embodiment of Mm. one of these original three witches these three mothers in this coven i don't know if that's if it's just in this one or there's bigger implications there um but yeah she is like the the reincarnation of this and has been wanting to go out to berlin like since she was a child yeah uh, and and it has finally made it there and yeah, kind of reveals herself at the end of just like, you guys think you know what you're doing here, but yes. I'm the one that you guys actually worship and do all of that stuff. And yeah, that whole end scene is just like chaotic and scary and exactly what yeah. you think of when like witches dancing out in the woods to do some ritual and spell. It's It's both like equally scary and over the top and Mm. there's like the mother marcos in this one i thought was really cheesy in like the way she delivered her lines but it's one of those things like i don't necessarily think that's a bad choice right it is the like this is just an odd choice something is off here with this which fits in the rest of this, this film right and her like the body that she has was also really strange because it looked like there was like extra like hands and feet like dangling off her in places that there shouldn't have been and stuff like that and it's just the whole thing was just like what is going on here like i don't understand any of this and i felt like the psychiatrist in that scene of just like I'm innocent. I don't know what's going on. I didn't do anything. <laughs> Spare me. I I had been thinking throughout the film that maybe, like you said, this isn't a innocent bystander happenstance, Susie, like we have in the original movie. Like mm-hmm. I thought, I was thinking that she was like magically called to this. Like the witches mm. needed a person to fit this role and she was like born to fit that role like this was her calling and this was all something that she felt like even if she wasn't aware of what she was going for like it had some sort of destiny like she was in there and she's like i feel like this is right like i'm supposed to do this and she is sort of purposefully succumbing to the the rule of the witches because it's yeah i don't know cosmically what she's supposed to do right uh and so to have her be revealed as, oh, no, no, I am not this cosmic tool in pursuit of 
resurrecting this deity. I am the deity. I've always been the deity. I've been playing this long con on you and on everybody. Yeah, that is a fun twist. And I like that Mother Marcos is like this kind of decrepit, like old woman who's like lived far beyond she was supposed to. Like she's the sort of ancient being, not ancient, but like she's like 140 years old and she's sort of unusual, like sort of puffed up, flabby, bloated, decaying, like oddity. Who's also just this like sassy old lady they keep in the basement that, that Inez Canewald has to go down and help out with. And they're like, we I think they were trying to give her a new body. Like, you're going to inhabit Susie. There's gonna be like a regeneration cycle. And Susie's like, nah, nah, nobody's gonna inhabit me. Thanks. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill everybody in this room, except for Dr. Klimper. Yeah. It's gonna be like an absolute like naked dancing bloodbath down here in this basement right yeah i so one of the things that was also really interesting to me about this which factors into this end scene is kind of the like internal political uh dealings that's happening like within the dance studio yeah. of just like who's gonna be the next head is, is it gonna cont- continue to be mother marcos and we're just gonna stick with what we know or is it gonna be belonk with her new ways looking for someone new to like right there is this air of like do we want change or do we want to stick with what we know has worked mm. and i i thought that aspect was fascinating and yeah at the end it turns out that tilda swinton's character was right they needed change or well i guess more so that change was coming um but they didn't know exactly what that would be and it happened to be uh sozy here uh but yeah all of the witches that voted for mother marcos to Mm. like yeah we're gonna have her remain as the head witch here she was like i'm gonna myrtleize you all first (laughs) you guys are getting got so uh yeah yeah and i also yeah that whole thing was neat i i also like how the witches like psychically talk to each other and there's a scene at the beginning of the movie that's just these these teachers walking around like preparing breakfast, you know, for themselves in their like common room of the school. And you're not clear if what you're hearing, which is all the witches weighing in, nominating, voting for like who's going to be the coven leader. Like, is it going to continue right. to be Marcos or is it going to be Blanc? You don't know if what you're hearing is just flashback, like they're just taking audio from a previous time and laying it over these mundane happenings of these teachers to juxtapose how normal their lives seem versus all this magical stuff they're actually up to behind the scenes. But then you do catch on, oh, this is psychic. They're just all doing this, like while they go about their daily lives. And there's the scenes where, you know, it's like it's the weekend and the students go out into the city and then they see the teachers are also like all sitting together at a big table in some restaurant and they're all like laughing and drinking. uh, But the audio you hear is their psychic conversation with each other, which is about something much more tense. And all of this yeah. teachers on the weekend having a good time is a, an act <laughs> to make themselves seem normal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I almost 
like I feel like this would make for a great TV show, like a great mini series at at least. Mm-hmm. Like draw it out, right? Like show me more of the political landscape and why Patricia uh wanted to go out and bomb these buildings or stuff like that how does the political aspects of that relate to what's happening with the witches and why they may or may not need to change what they're doing here right show me more about the internal internal struggles of why they're siding with lady marcos but that might not be the best thing for them to Mm. do here right um show me more of just the students not knowing what's going on and starting to be just yeah. like, that's weird, huh? Like, why? Why is that weird? And then like starting to investigate and the teachers having to figure out some way to like stop them or misdirect them and stuff like that. And who who was the witch that k- killed herself? Yeah, right? what was her I wouldn't story? know more about her. Yeah. Like, yeah. Th- there's so much in here that I feel like they could tell so much more. About mm-hmm. and I think that was one of the sh- the sh- the strengths of this remake is they, like you said, took things that maybe weren't as necessarily important uh from the first one and w- w- was like no like we are going to make these important and make yeah. this a major part of that and I I think that worked perfectly I I, I think it made the story that much more fascinating and made the plot a lot simpler to follow right i'm just like oh okay Mm. i get what's happening here now it's not just some random room filled with with razor wire (laughs) yeah like everything feels very purposeful in Mm -hmm. the remake and like the first movie like it has purpose but the purpose is more abstract like let's just give you a mood and a tone and a feeling (laughs) It's exactly. very effective as this sort of fantastical fairy tale-esque surreal horror movie. Just that these things don't really make a lot of sense in a, in plot terms. Whereas this, the the remake I think manages Hold on to one achieve sec. I my phone is freaking out here cuz I got yeah. a call on my phone which it tried to go to my headphones. Can Oh I can't even hear you right now. Uh, give me what? one sec to switch it to this and then switch it back to this. Okay, I think I should. Okay. <laughs> should be good. Yep. Good. Cool. 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 Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It, yeah, my, my headphones sp- sp- spazzed out there. You were talking about the purposeful or the like purpose yeah. of that stuff. I missed a lot of that since it went to my phone there so oh it's fine you can listen to it later (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah we we mentioned that this film also took out the colored lighting of that first film i do you think that was a good decision i i think it was I was going to say, especially since we just said everything was so purposeful in in mm. this. So so you you think it was a good decision. Yeah, because then it made 
the elements of color more impactful. Like when the girls are getting ready for that dance performance and they're wearing that, like those red string getups, they Mm -hmm. really stand out. All the blood at the end really stands out because the rest of the movie has been uh, a little bit more drab, more grayed out, like I said, wintry. And it's not so monochromatic that it feels unnatural. This feels like, yeah, 1970s Berlin in the winter. Yeah, there is a lot of like grays and browns and dark olive greens and just like hazy overcast skies and and trees with those leaves colors but it's not desaturated is yes exactly yeah there's there's a lot of shows out there that's like oh this whole place just looks down and dreary and it's just the whole thing is just kind of desaturated right exactly yeah this was like no this looks like real life it looks like what i would see it is dreary but that mainly references the weather like not yeah the color of things right yeah i think it, it serves the environment it serves the mood and it makes elements of color like even Susie's like red hair and it's not like vibrant red it's just sort of like a soft kind of strawberry blonde like it sticks out because it's just that much more color than anything else has yeah yeah that makes sense that makes sense i i don't know i i don't know where i land with that because to me the color was so impactful in that first Mm. film but similar to the first film the purpose of using that color is is almost unknown of of like mm-hmm. why are you doing this? Yeah. Like I I don't un- un- understand. But it it was so visually striking, right? That it's it's just, it's just like I I love what you're doing here with this because it almost g- gives it like a religious tone of like oh look at all the stained glass yeah. windows and stuff like that and how the light shines on these people, but. I, I I almost feel like, yeah, the new the newer movie is is almost missing something that is on that level of just visually striking that appears in the whole film. Like you mentioned, we do get those those red like ropey get ups that they they did dance in. Those are striking, but you only see them in that one scene um, at the end in the ritual it's like flashing red lights and and stuff like that which is striking but it's only in that one moment like we don't get this the like for most of the film and so yeah on one hand you you're right that like because we don't get that stuff when it does it pops but I also just felt like we didn't have that like through line like it was almost just thrown in there um of of like we we oh i i guess we do need something that's sure strike and like i don't think that ritual at the end needed to be in like all this red light there like they could have done something else with that if that makes sense i like it i i like monochromatic lighting 
like overbearing lighting in a horror context, like the end of the lighthouse where Robert Pattinson stares into the light and he screams and like this, the like lighting just gets overblown and overexposed and it like totally like takes over the entire frame until he's just this like vague outline of a man. I love stuff like that. <laughs> I love that the yeah. entire finale is in this like dark red lighting where everything becomes very shadowy and and very unnerving. I think the yeah. remake is very visually striking not in terms of what any actual object or setting is, but in terms of how it's filmed and how everything moves, how the camera moves and how the actors move around in those spaces is what made it very visually striking for me. Yeah, I like I, I think at the end of the day, they made the right choice, right? Like, yeah, the, 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 the stuff that should be visually sh- sh- striking is the movement um, mm. because it is about dance and it is about these witches casting spells and stuff like it, you don't necessarily need to focus on color, but. Yeah, like I, 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 do, I don't know how well the dance stuff translates to people who might not be into art stuff as much as me right like i like Mm -hmm. i i can connect with that stuff but i don't know if other people can necessarily whereas something like let's just make things like bright blue or bright red or yellow like (laughs) that is like you don't really need to understand much about that but you know like Mm -hmm. oh because they they use this type of lighting yeah like it this whole film just stands out oh i don't know maybe maybe not (laughs) oh both movies have got such different flavors to them they do Uh, even on that same basic plot skeleton I, I like that they're so drastically different that depending on what you want and what you're looking yeah. for, you could go to either of them. You could go to both of them. Oh, like we've seen a, a very interesting picture this week that I think we might not have gotten if we picked the other remakes I, I pitched to you were Bright Night and The Wicker Man. <laughs> and I know The Wicker Man remake is like tonally very different, but I think it's it mostly operates the same. Fright Night, I've only seen the remake, but when I was reading about the original, it also sounds fairly similar. I think this was a prime example. I'm glad this is what we got to watch yeah. this week. I am too. This was a g- good one. It was mm. a good one indeed. I think that's all I have to say on Suspiria. Though. Yeah. So I am going to pull up Bingo, our review show Bingo, Bingo. that we've been playing. Um, using a bunch of different movie tropes and, and uh, I guess like entertainment mm. tropes. We have made bingo cards. We've been playing bingos, seeing how many bingos we can get uh, before the end of the year. Melissa is crushing me. Right now, you have five, I, will say I that have I, one. I did take a look at Bingo. I don't think I've got anything new this week. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have... Well... No. I don't think so. The one I, I maybe would have went to bat for is didn't realize my own sh- own strength. But I, I, I don't... 
like it's it's arguable i think in this but i don't think this is like it's not in the spirit of what we were going for yeah. with this we yeah we were imagining like that scene in the new power rangers movie where they get to be power rangers and then there's a five minute sequence of them just like breaking everything they own yeah (laughs) (laughs) so uh no no movement Mm. forward on this one i because i already have ancient evil like i feel like that could almost fit with this one here but that's it Okay, no updates for Bingo then. Lame. No. Nope. Uh, Melissa, let's do recommendations. Yes. If people enjoyed this, what else might they like? If you like the original Suspiria, I would definitely recommend a movie called Phantom of the Paradise. It's from, uh, I think, a couple years earlier, maybe 1974. Uh, directed by Brian De Palma, and it also stars Jessica Harper, our Susie. Okay. And it is a rock opera Faust tale about this songwriter who enters into a deal with this, like, devilish record producer and who, in- who ends up, like, taking over his life. And at one point, like, this, this songwriter gets his head squished in a record-pressing machine and then to cover his injury, he's wearing this like big dramatic mask. Oh man! So it's a little, it's got it's got some Faust, it's got some Phantom of the Opera, and Jessica Harper plays this young singer who the songwriter like really wants to hear sing his his work, and she sort of becomes this uh the, this fighting point between him and the record producer. It's a really fun movie. The music's great, and it's just very over the top. I've heard it compared like visually and stylistically to Rocky Horror Picture Show before. Okay. So if you want self, something else in that vibe, definitely check out Phantom of the Paradise. It's a great yeah. time. Uh, and, if, and for the second Suspiria, I would recommend uh, Grand Budapest Hotel because it also has Tilda Swinton in old age makeup. There you go. <laughs> she plays one of the old ladies staying at the hotel. There's no reason it necessarily needed to be Tilda Swinton, but there she is, covered in makeup. And there's a scene in that movie where uh, somebody is being stalked and and killed in this very stark, empty winter that reminds me a lot of uh, the scene in the original Suspiria where the, that man is walking through that giant, like, <laughs> empty plaza and then his dog devours him. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, recommendations that I have. So the first one I wanted to recommend is something we covered last year, The Love Witch uh, in yeah. our horror month. Yeah, if you want some more witches and some interesting colors uh, to go yes. with that, because that, that, that film is just like brightly colored and super saturated uh, with, all, with all of its... Uh, it's the the way that they've filmed that one is just style stylistically very unique and interesting. Uh, so go watch the Love Witch. It is mm-hmm. maybe less of a horror, uh, but is definitely yeah. a horror still. Um, mm. But it's it's also it's also one that's just some sometimes I don't know what to make of that film. It's very yeah. weird. Uh, it's super cheesy at times. 
but it's also not like it's filmed in modern day, but all the sets looks looks like it's filmed in the 70s. Uh, mm-hmm. All the like hairstyles and c- c- clothes like looks like that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's so interestingly made or it, it's it's interestingly it's interesting visually uh yeah. and there is a plot in that one it is pretty cohesive but i think the plot t- takes a back seat to just the production design of that 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 film which i think is kind of what the first suspiria did right it's yeah. like let's just make this look neat and have a good tone good atmosphere mm. uh so yeah. i would say go check that one out um if 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 you liked the kind of small town germany stuff uh i can always recommend dark uh yep. it's not necessarily horror it's more sci-fi but yeah sci-fi horror in a weird way maybe it's um, like um, existentially horrifying. <laughs> sure. It, 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 yeah, it's more of a sense of dread rather than yeah. horror or terror mm. uh, stuff like that. But uh, I would say go check that one out. That is also set in Germany. Um, and like you said, we saw an actor from Dark in this new Suspiria. Um, so you guys can go check that out. And... There was what was it called? It was that French crime show. Oh, the forest. The forest. Yeah, I was going to say it was like the woods or the forest or something like that. If yeah, again, if you just want like small town, something is happening that's weird. Something is off. Uh, I, I think the forest was a good example of that. Um. It's a crime show, uh, so again, not really horror, uh, but just had had a similar vibe to it mm. that just like there's something going on here and something is off. We don't know what it is, so I would recommend those. Nice. Which I, I think that last one was on Netflix when we yeah. watched it, so I believe it should still be on there, but who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, next week on the podcast, we are going to be returning to our monthly ongoing series. We normally record these last Sunday of the month. We always fudge that in October because last Sunday in the month, it's got to be Halloween. So at the beginning of November and then again at the end of November, we're going to continue to cover the HBO show The Leftovers. Last month, uh, we watched season one. Next week, we're going to talk about season two. And then just a couple weeks after that, we're going to finish it off with season three. So yeah. I'm excited to, to get back there. Me too. I'm excited to start watching that. Um, so I for the week after that, I do not yes. have my pitches ready yet. But okay. I know that I am hoping to do some superhero comics. Uh, just ah. some, some good old classic superheroine. He- uh, so. Yeah, we haven't been in superheroes in a little while. Exactly, exactly. So we're going to get back in that direction. Uh, but I have not been. I have not picked them out yet. So, OK, uh, we, we will uh, pick up with that next week after the leftovers. 
stuff like that. Alrighty. So there you go. I think that almost wraps up this show. So Melissa, where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities. This is a show where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kids shows you feel like only you remember. Uh, We just put out our Halloween special, which is on a very well-known and beloved show. We we had had to talk about it. It's Courage the Cowardly Dog. Happy Halloween. Good stuff, indeed. If you guys want to follow me, I'm at Yo Kyle Springer. And if you guys want to follow all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. So go like, share, subscribe. Uh, That would help us out a ton. And with that, we will see you all next week for Leftovers Season 2. Until then, bye. Bye.